0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Campus Jobs podcast. Once again, we've got a slightly different voice here because it's not Caitlin, it's Sadie. Um, Some people confuse us, but no, two different people. And today we're joined with Daniel Mitchell and we're here to talk about LinkedIn and specifically how you might be able to improve your profile and give it a little bit of a glow up. So first of all, I want to introduce Daniel and let him tell you a little bit about what he does here at the university. So if you'd like to take it away.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks, Sadie. So my name is Daniel uh, and I'm one of the careers consultants here at the university. Um, I actually work quite closely with our final year students. So those that are kind of thinking about going out into the world of work. So obviously LinkedIn is really key uh, tool to kind of do this. Um, And in terms of the schools and departments that I support, I also work with students from English uh, and from languages. So I've got a really good kind of Relationship and connection with those kind of students as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point as well Because maybe people who aren't in such businessy or scientific Courses and degrees may not necessarily consider work experience or placements So I think it's a good point of contact if you're doing something that's a little bit different Um, So I wanted to kind of give a little intro to LinkedIn as well I know a lot of people who are listening probably have heard of it before and might know what it is, but but someone who kind of has experience with that, I wondered if you'd be able to give a definition of, of what it is, why people use it, and why people should get it.
1: Yeah, of course. So really, LinkedIn um, is essentially a, a professional social networking platform Mm -hmm. it's like having your cv online Um, and i think the reasons that you should get it is because it's a great way that you can actually visualize your own network so you can see who your um, connections are you can see you know who you might want to you know get involved with or you might want to see what other people are up to or keep in touch with people and these Mm -hmm. kind of things and i think that is a really good way of as i said visualizing your network but also creating a really good kind of professional view of yourself. So when it comes to applying for work or internships or placements and these kind of things, recruiters can actually go and and see what you've done before.
0: Mm -hmm. Just a question off the bat, do you think that there is a specific time where students should start developing their LinkedIn profile, like a specific age or a point in their university career that would be a beneficial time for this yeah I think
1: really as soon as you can I mean ideally you, you do it in your first year and then you'd yeah. add to it as you go along because mm. I think if you, if you were to do it in your final year I yeah. think that's absolutely fine yeah but you might find you have to spend a little bit more time yeah. adding the things that you've done it would so kind of help
0: you out in the long term to start off earlier
1: I think whatever stage that you're at yeah. it's fine to create your profile and mm-hmm. what I hear a lot from students is oh, I've got a profile but I'm not too happy with it and that's okay. probably because I haven't kept it up to date. Yes. So, you know, even if you're setting aside some time every term or every month, yes. just to go in and have a quick look and refresh, that's probably a better way of managing that kind of process.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that from from my experience when with my own LinkedIn profile, um, I was kind of quite fortunate that with my job, I actually had to spend quite a lot of time on LinkedIn, my placement year last year. And so I remember at the beginning of the year, the girl that I was going to be working with was like, you don't have LinkedIn, you really need to sort that out. And I, at the time I started off and I thought, I don't understand it. Like, what, why am I even on here? This is a waste of time. By the end and I spent all that time, I was literally like on it. I want to make sure I've got this, this, this. And that's, that's developed even more this year. So I feel yeah. like, in a way, you kind of get a bit addicted to it because yeah. once you've started making something you're proud of, you want to make sure it's the best thing for other employers to see.
1: It's just the same as your other social networking sites. Yeah, you, know, you go on Facebook, you scroll through Twitter. It's the same thing. You want to make sure yeah. that it's updated, and again, it's got that. You know, I think you need to remember it's got that professional element. Yeah. So you need to make sure. You know, if you're looking for kind of jobs in the sector, you need to make sure that you know it's something you want that recruiter, mm-hmm. you know, to see. Yeah.
0: Do you think that? It's going to become as important, if not more important, than traditional CVs.
1: I think that's a really good question. Um, I think potentially, yeah. um, I think maybe not in the same way. So, well, when you apply for a job, generally we're still going through kind of an online application or send mm-hmm. your CVs. LinkedIn's come up with this new easy apply um, kind of things where it fills out some of the. A application really form from automatic. actually using your LinkedIn profile, I see. so we're starting okay. to see that already. Yeah. Whether it will become as important, I suppose only time will tell. Mm-hmm. But things are getting more digital, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be surprising if that was the case. Yeah. Um, I think what to remember is that you know not everyone will be on LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. at this stage, CVs and things like that are definitely, obviously, still important.
0: So it's it's definitely worth attributing that kind of attention towards it, but at the same time having both is probably.
1: (laughs) I think always having both is the right answer.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now we've kind of covered the basics of what LinkedIn is and why you might use it. What we've done, um, Daniel and I have kind of worked out a top 10 list of tips and advice that we could give to you which might help you just sharpen up. None of them are that difficult or time consuming, but I think that they're all beneficial to bringing your LinkedIn to life a little bit more. So starting with number 10, we'll work 10 to one. It's having a good photo and a good cover photo. So, Daniel, what what do you think about that? (laughs) Fantastic. I think this
1: is really, really important because um, it's the same, you know, if you're trying to find someone on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, and you you don't know who they are, if they've got the egg on Twitter, Mm -hmm. it makes it really difficult to see just who is out there. So, Mm -hmm. having a good photo is one really important. And when I say a good photo, okay, this is a professional site. So, it could be you know, a kind of a professional headshot of you in, you know, your kind of work or smart clothing. However, you could also think about the kind of profession that you're going to be in. You know, if you're going to work in a library, Mm -hmm. maybe you want to have a picture in front of some books. If you're going to be working okay. outside and being a bit more sporty, maybe you want to do that. So yeah. it's
0: worth considering making it a bit more tailored to where you want to think go. Think about
1: the sector that you're interested okay. in. I think that could be a secondary thing that we have a look at. If
0: you're not fortunate enough to be, I know some universities and also um, employments offer opportunities to have that headshot taken. Yeah. Is there any kind of basic setups that you could suggest to someone who hasn't got that opportunity and maybe it's just like their friend and asking their friend to take a picture yeah
1: i mean i'm sure everyone's probably taken some kind of passport photo yeah before right and it is a bit dissimilar you get your playing background probably a headshot so probably from the shoulders up maybe looking up. a
0: bit less menacing than you it, might look on a passport exactly and again you know if
1: you really want a good way of, of kind of finding out what you should be doing have a look on LinkedIn, see what other people are doing, yeah. copy what they're doing, yeah. right? Um, and also, a lot of our careers events, we will have um, LinkedIn kind of a uh, photo booth and things like that, yeah, where I've students can come this. along and, and get it. And again, if you turned up at the Career Centre one day and said, oh, I'd really like a LinkedIn Photo or, or, or headshot or kind of thing. I'm sure we'll be able to do something. Um, mm-hmm. To come to, it. I mean, even the room we're sitting in now, our listeners won't be that's able to see, true. but it's it's fairly plain. White, walls. white
0: wall, yeah. Get that good lighting. Exactly. In. <laughs> so you could
1: always come in and, and take a picture here. In terms of the cover photo, yeah. Again, so mine is something that I do in my work at the moment. So it's me at the front of a workshop mm-hmm. with, with some students there and interacting with them. So again, maybe something that's going to bring to life
0: demonstrating what you do. a little bit about
1: what you're interested in, or the kind mm-hmm. of things that you're applying for. And again, that might. Change change um yeah you know when when you're applying for different things
0: i know that with my um my photo it's definitely something that i struggled with um without me needing to sound too superficial because i wanted to make sure that i was presenting myself in the best light um and actually i had an intern board at the end of the year where there was someone with a very good phone there <laughs> and they just took this photo of me that i didn't actually like ask them to take or anything but i looked back at it and I did have to crop out the like bottles of beer that were in the middle of the table, but yeah. I was like, actually, that kind of does the job. So you might find that if there's a nice occasion, something like that, as long as there's nothing inappropriate in the picture, yeah, and it's clear and you look happy and like you'd want to present yourself to an employer. I think that that might suffice as well, maybe. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think the one. That- the one thing that i would avoid is you know when when students graduate it's yeah. very tempting to use your graduation photo yes. but it's a bit like i suppose you know you wouldn't use your wedding photo if you got married so mm, I, would, yeah. I would probably not use those keep them for the photos.
0: albums keep those for They're the albums for grandma but use something
1: that's professional you know if you've got an internship you've got a work experience you're going for a part-time job and, yeah. and you're working you know that that's the kind of environment that we're looking. Something that's smart, something where you're looking nice. And again, like you said, you might have had an occasion recently where you have dressed up a bit smart, and you yeah. might already have something that you can use.
0: Okay, so I think that covers that in a nutshell. Yeah. So moving on to number nine, we've got creating a short but tailored headline. Yes. Which I think that you have quite a good advice to give on that one.
1: Fantastic. So really I think for the headline it it should just be something that makes you stand out a little bit and and again I would really think about tailoring this to what you're applying for the main reason for that is because on the recruiter side of LinkedIn generally when they look at your profile Mm -hmm. they can see your photo your name where you're studying your most recent job and your headline Mm -hmm. so they can actually see that information so for me I would use it to kind of establish a purpose so you can say you know um, I'm currently studying this course, and I'm seeking opportunities to apply for some internship mm-hmm. or something like that. Again, something that really brings this to life. We've got a couple of examples here. So it could be, you know, if you're if you're about to graduate or you recently graduate, it could be conservation graduate with teaching experience, passionate about following a career in wildlife and conservation education. Again, just something that's short, quite tailored, but that gives me a lot of information. It gives me about where I, where you might be looking, what kind of experience you might have, and also kind of. The fact that you've actually been to university and the degree that you've studied. So, again, I have a few things coming through here.
0: On the flip side of that, that's a really good example. But if you're a student, and I know there'd be quite a lot out there who don't know what they want to do and, yeah. and don't know so specifically, what would you suggest putting in that headline? Again,
1: I would say the example that I gave is quite uh, tailored. Mm-hmm. If you're a little bit more unsure to that, well, again, you could do the same thing. You can have the same bit, conservation graduate with teaching experience. Again, mm-hmm. you can you can play around with that. Mm-hmm. But you could then say, you know, currently seeking graduate opportunities within this sector. And it might just be the one that you feel at the moment is most appropriate. Or you could say, looking for graduate opportunities starting in 2020. Mm -hmm. Again, we could remove some of that more specific information. So it
0: can develop over time, you can always go in and change it. It always can develop. You
1: know, if you're in your first year, you won't be putting graduate opportunities, Mm -hmm. you might be putting some internship. If you're in your second year and you're on a four year degree programme, you might be thinking about placements. Mm -hmm. If you're in your final year, you might be thinking about graduate opportunities. And again it could be a whole mix of all of these but I'm just saying something that gives it a little bit more specificity and okay. you know a little bit more tailored. So you know if you were if you're a recruiter when you go to someone's profile you mm-hmm. feel like it's been written or tailored towards you in, in a way and I mm-hmm. think that always builds that relationship with the recruiter. I think
0: it also helps to make it look like you are putting that extra bit of work into your LinkedIn profile because yeah. I think everyone knows recruiters and and even the users will know that it's quite easy to set up a profile with your photo, da da, da da. Yes. But if you're adding that just those few lines, it shows that you really care and I feel like that will only reflect well. Exactly,
1: it's something small that you can do mm-hmm. that will really help bring it to life. And again, if a recruiter looks at a couple of profiles, one's got a headline, one hasn't, yeah. again, as you said, it's is gonna that give gonna give that that make that difference? Yeah.
0: Okay, great. So moving on to the next one, number eight, we've got making sure that all of your work experience is up to date and adding some detail. What kind of things did you do and what did you learn?
1: Yeah, and I think this follows on from what you said. It's about filling out the details. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you could put that you're a student at the University of Reading. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if that's it, you know, what Mm -hmm. does it really tell you
0: about that? It's not going to add any value, is it? No,
1: so it's about adding that detailing. So I would say in terms of the first thing, make sure everything's up to date. Well, if you're in your final year, Mm -hmm. put that you're about to graduate or you're in the final year. If you're in your second year, same thing and the same as first year. Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. it's just almost like your cv you don't want to be sending these kind of things out if actually it's incorrect because if your headline says that you're looking for graduate opportunities and your education says you're in your second year Mm -hmm. is that going to put some doubt in the recruiter's mind when they look at your profile again we're just thinking about making sure everything's up to date and that comes back to what we talked about in the beginning about just making sure that you're setting aside time to kind of update it
0: i have a couple of questions on that point um so, something that I personally struggle with is I still, this is very bad to admit, I still need to add some more detail onto my placement year, because obviously yes. this 30 months experience, it's the most significant thing I've done so far, and I still need to add to my profile. I think the reason why I haven't is because I'm a bit like, oh, like there's so much I could say, how much do I need to say, as okay. opposed to um, a waitressing job, so before I... Kind of, well, even during uni, I've done a lot of waitressing, and that's how I got my placement really with that experience. Yes. So, how would you balance in terms of writing not too much, not too little?
1: So, the first thing that I would try and do, and this is the same for your CV really, is I'd work out what things are relevant. For what you would like to go and apply for right. and then what maybe is more additional let's say okay. so for those that are additional I would say you've got your bullet points and you might want five or six or so bullet points okay. to talking about that experience because we know that's probably what the recruiters are going to be the most interested in if it's relevant or sector we're developing the right kind of skills that's yeah. what they'll be interested in with the things that you classify additional, so in your case, the waitressing, mm-hmm. I'd probably maybe say two or three bullet or points. Three. And again, it just gives you that control over your space and, and what you're using. You might actually think what you're going into, well, the waitressing gave you some great customer service skills. Interpersonal
0: skills. Interpersonal skills. So theory.
1: actually maybe you want to yeah. focus more on that okay? and then bring in some other bits in there. Now, my top tip about this detail is try and move away from making it sound quite like a job description right so right. you've got tasks and kind of responsibilities that you had i think those are great examples of evidence but really we're looking about what you get out of doing those you know those kind of things yeah so for instance in your waitressing you might not say that you brought the food to the table but you might focus more on that relationship that you're able to build with the customers do you see what I'm just trying I, to say? I
0: completely, yeah. So it's more about kind of building the report and developing your communication skills as opposed to exactly. physically li- what you literally did. Because when you
1: yeah. go to the recruiter, they're not going to be interested on on how you brought the food to the yeah. table. They're going to be interested in, okay, yeah, how did sense. they make that relationship? You know, how did the, put the customer at ease? You know, these kind of things.
0: Okay. So I think our next tip focuses on the contacts and the network that you're creating on LinkedIn. Yes. So I've put expanding your network, but most importantly, I think, is utilising the contacts and the network that you have. Yes. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so let me just
1: give a very quick overview about how the connections work. So mm-hmm. we've got first, second, and third connections. Yes, this right? is
0: something really interesting.
1: So thing. you said if you and I were to connect, yeah. we'd become first connections. Right. Okay, so that's generally how it works. What that means is then my connections will become your second connections. A bit so like a
0: mutual friend. A
1: bit like that. And it's starting to kind of grow your network. Uh-huh. And then all of those connections that were my connections that are now your second connection. So all of the connections of my second connections yeah. will become your third connection. So actually, okay. just by making one connection, you're already growing your network that so it's kind of like saying,
0: you know this person, like, so this person might be relevant, and then this person might be relevant. Exactly. And that kind of ranking. And
1: it, it kind of categorises it. Okay. Into that first connection where you're actually connected, mm-hmm. the second connection where you've got, as you said, like a mutual connection, yeah. and then the third connection is that one step further. If you're talking about how, how do you expand your network, well, obviously, you've, you've probably got friends on your course and things that mm-hmm. you could start off with, right? But if we push it further than that, What about friends at home that maybe have gone to a different university? Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden then, you're growing your network to a different location. What about people that you've worked with previously? Again, you've maybe taken it then outside of education, Mm -hmm. and you're going into the workplace. You know, more kind of professional um, people that you might be following. Again, you've probably got some family members. I mean, I'll have this, you know, I, I have about 12 hours of appointments a week, and it's not uncommon for me to say, you know, to hear, oh, my friend's aunt works in the kind of area that I'd like to go into well connect with your friends aren't right mm-hmm. these are the kind of connections that you should start be thinking about and again you've got academics on your course i would you know they might not want to that's connect with point, you or actually. ask to connect you know they might not accept it but they might have people in in the industry that you're interested in as well okay. so there are, you know there are lots of pockets of people because like i guess they you
0: know about. the alumni and that's kind of your oyster really. exactly
1: and you know i really think about who is in your network And, you know, rather than just thinking about, oh, who can I use in my network? Think about what the mutual kind Mm -hmm. of benefit might be. Well, okay, you're getting their connection, but what maybe do you have to offer? You know, these kind of things are the conversations Mm -hmm. that I'll probably be starting to have.
0: Do you think that it's important, following the kind of idea of people who might be relevant to the career path you want to take, do you think that it's important to know the person you're connecting with on a personal level? Because I know for me, when I was starting to build my network, some of them were people that, I might, they might go to the university, they might be on a course that's similar-ish to mine. Would I ever um, need to reach out to them? Maybe not, but would some of the content that they'd be sharing interesting to me, potentially. Mm. So is that kind of something that you would advise, or would you say, make sure you know them before you connect with them? Or? I think it helps
1: if you know them, Yeah. right? Or if you've got some kind of shared connection. So mm. there is an alumni tool on LinkedIn. Um, so if you are looking to make you know new connections, you could go to um, the University of Reading page. On that, it's got an alumni section. Again, it's open to everyone. You can search for your course okay. and like the last 10 years of people. And then oh, you wow. can actually look for what sector they're in. So let's say you're interested in going into, I don't know, finance or something like mm-hmm. that, right? If you're interested in that, you could look for your course and you could look at who's working in the finance. Now, going back to what you're saying, do you need to know them? Well, actually, quite often I find having the connection of being you know at university you could actually connect with them, and the one top tip that I would give is mm-hmm. use make the most of that personalised message that you can send. So usually it says, um, "Send a connection with a message," and mm-hmm. you could say, "Hi, I'm currently studying, you know, at the University of Rennie, I can see that you've done that too. I see. Okay. Yeah. And then you could explain the reason for you wanting to kind of connect with mm-hmm. them. So that might be just one way that you could go about making That's a connection. That's pretty
0: really good advice, actually. And
1: I think that alumni tool mm-hmm. is probably underused, or not many people. Yeah, I, I didn't
0: her. know about it, but I'll definitely be having a look after this. Yeah. Um,
1: if you don't know them, again, it would be use that connection request, put that message in, um, just to give them an idea about why you want to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And again, most people, I would say, you know, are happy to have yeah, that cause connection. Because
0: that's the idea of LinkedIn, like yeah. regardless, they might be a lot further along in their career but they might still
1: And the worst thing is gonna open. happen is that they'll they'll ignore it. They'll ignore it, yeah. And you know, maybe, that'll, maybe that'll they, be they that. don't even
0: use it as yeah, well. So exactly. maybe they're not seeing it. Um no, that's really good advice actually. Um, so I think that this kind of follows on from the idea of a network um, specifically looking at where you have worked and where you are working is asking for recommendations yes I know that this is something that I have only recently um, started to do but I've noticed even myself looking at my profile it's so much stronger looking now and not only that but I feel like I'm slightly doing myself justice for what I've what I've done yeah um, because it kind of brings to life for your employer and yourself okay you did do these jobs you did learn these things and other people can see them um i know that when i was in my previous job i was still quite new to the whole working world and stuff and it definitely i was a bit maybe scared to ask yeah. um but once i started to feel comfortable my manager now at campus jobs actually kindly gave me a recommendation and that yeah. made me think do you know what maybe i should just ask my previous employer for one yeah because a reference is... Could you explain the difference between a reference and a recommendation, actually? Yeah,
1: I mean, a recommendation is is not, I would say, too dissimilar from mm-hmm. a reference. I mean, a reference is more of a formal process. What's
0: the legalities of a reference? Because this is something I panicked about during my placement year.
1: What do you mean, sorry? So,
0: I've heard it's illegal to give a bad reference.
1: Um, I normally you would you would give a good reference you know so yeah. if you ask for references mm-hmm. um you know the employer would, would give a reference i mean i i wouldn't necessarily say that employers would be giving a bad reference they might just mm-hmm. choose not to offer a So reference.
0: could it just be that they the employer might just say so and so worked here from x to x yes and without,
1: prove the employment exactly without actually yeah. saying this is what they're like That's or things like okay. that i mean the recommendation obviously is one more public on LinkedIn because mm-hmm. obviously you can see it and yeah. everyone else can see it. You yeah. wouldn't normally get to see your own reference. Um, I think it's worth noting that, like you said, actually don't be scared to ask for a recommendation because mm-hmm. again, it's it's very similar. And again, if you want to do it with a colleague or a manager that you've worked in, why not ask to you know reciprocate? Say all. Oh, if you were to give me a recommendation, I could give you a recommendation. So you, you're both getting something out of it. And I'm not saying you need hundreds and hundreds of recommendations, but if you're thinking, like you said, you've done your placement year, you're working at mm-hmm. campus jobs, if you had those two recommendations on your profile, that'd be a really nice start
0: mm-hmm.
1: about how you can kind of set these things up.
0: Okay, so, um, sure i lost my train of thought. I literally just had a really good idea that I was gonna say. That's okay. I know what it was. Um, with your recommendations, mm. Um, obviously you can reach out to who it is that you want to reach out to 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 ask for that I know that this is probably dependent on the job but is there a specific person with references who has to reference or again could you ask anyone within the department that you worked in so with my job it was very dotted there was lots of different managers my line manager I didn't have I had a much closer relationship with people who weren't technically my manager yeah so is there, do I have to reference them? Yeah, I mean,
1: generally it would be your line manager or your supervisor, right? Mm -hmm. Or whoever's in that that kind of direct responsibility. But like you said, not all jobs are that kind of direct where it's a straight line. You might have a mentor or someone that is in a more senior role than you, Mm -hmm. but it it kind of almost uh, gives you that support while you're there. So I would say it's who you feel comfortable with. Generally with references, it would be someone in in more seniority than you. Again, recommendation, it might be, you know your mentor or something like that. So yes, I think that would
0: be That's fine. that's good to know actually. So moving on to mm. our skills. Yeah. So number 5 is list skills and get endorsed for them. Yeah,
1: so it really the same as recommendations. It's mm-hmm. don't be scared to ask different people. It's
0: a bit it's a bit less scary to ask for someone to endorse as well as opposed to a recommendation. Yeah, and
1: again the same thing about this reciprocating, right? If you said to your friends just to get you started, mm-hmm. could you endorse me for some skills? Normally, when someone endorses me for a, for a skill, I'll endorse them back. Mm-hmm. And that's generally the way that I like to work with it. Because I think, well, they've taken the time to do it for me, so I'm going to go and do it for them.
0: It's easy enough to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and again, you can choose your top skills. And again, you could really think about what skills you're listing, depending on what you're going into. So mine you know, might be you know, giving a presentation or mm-hmm. providing careers advice or you know building uh, external relationships and mm-hmm. those kind of things. The, you know, I think the more tailored that you make this to what you might be interested in, the more likely it is you're gonna get a response you know, mm-hmm. actually endorsed for them. And again, you know, I'm sure when you're on your placement, there's probably things you can think of, Oh yeah, I I learnt this skill and that and if you yeah. went back to people there, they probably say, Oh yeah, say so did do that while she was yeah so again it's just
0: and also it's about being a supportive team if you're lucky enough to be in an environment with like people around you who want to support you then that just naturally will be something that they want to do hopefully anyway
1: you can start with your friends then you can go on to think about okay who have I worked with that might do this and then you can go it's quite exciting really isn't it when you
0: get into it and you're like oh my god this person I've got this person I've got this person exactly
1: and it's really nice you know and uh, you know saying oh 10 people have endorsed me for this or 6 people have endorsed me for that Mm -hmm. again it's a nice thing to have I would say
0: Okay, so the next one, I think it kind of links to what we've mentioned so far, but yeah. keeping your profile active. Yes. Um. Specifically, I think this is about sharing and liking and just engaging with posts of the people you've interested in. So you've made this network, and you know that you're going to potentially find common interests with the people that you're following yeah but actually engaging and showing that you've got that interest on your profile yeah
1: and i think there's different levels of the way that you can keep your profile active so mm-hmm. yeah we talked about keeping up to date but again you once you start to connect with people you'll see things that they're sharing mm-hmm. you can follow employers and hashtags and again that will start appearing on your feed mm-hmm. and again you know a really easy one to do would be to like some of the posts that would be a good way um, to start doing it I often see you know X person like this and it will start to appear in my feed the next level up I suppose is actually commenting on some posts whether it might say you know congratulations if it's an achievement or you might be giving your opinion or your thoughts on something and then I suppose that then the more um, kind of you know engaged level if you like it might be sharing your own post or you mm-hmm. like writing your own blog post and sending it out and again this is something we're starting to see a little bit more um doing these kind of things and again it could be a post that you've written it could be an achievement that you've had it could be a talk or something that you've got coming up these are the kind of things that you might be thinking about sharing on mm-hmm.
0: LinkedIn. okay so our next point um is about using LinkedIn to find jobs. We will only touch on it today as I know Caitlin is gonna be telling us a lot more about it in the next podcast. But I wanted to know your opinion on the hidden job market, I think it's called
1: Yeah so so for me, lots of students I talked to Mm -hmm. um are using Indeed and these kind of things to search for job, which is fine. Mm -hmm. However, I just think LinkedIn is much better because it's got better search functionality really on it and i think for me it's just it's, there's so many things on there right mm-hmm. so like you said actually some recruiters now will only put their jobs on linkedin they won't put it so they might not come up on these more you know kind of uh, bigger kind of search engines so mm-hmm. linkedin is a great place to look for these jobs and actually you can search by the sector that you're interested in but most importantly you can filter it by internship or um, by, uh, like, it's called entry level. So those kind of graduate opportunities. Okay, yeah,
0: because that's sometimes what can be a bit confusing on things like Indeed. You can't really tell, even after looking at the description, what level of experience might be required for you exactly. to even have a shot at that job.
1: So on the internships ones, it might, you know, it, it, it might say, oh, you, you might want to have an interest in studying this degree mm-hmm. or you might need six months of experience. But if you've done two internships already or something like that, don't necessarily see them separately you Mm -hmm. know if you've done two three month internships that would be your six months experience so if you've done a part-time job again you can think about these things but yeah I think using the job uh, search on LinkedIn is a great way Um, and also you know I said at the start I work with our languages students lots of jobs actually abroad Mm -hmm. um, and placement opportunities and things like that will you will find them on LinkedIn it's a great resource um, for going and have a look
0: okay so I think I think that's definitely something that I wouldn't have thought about before, yeah. but um, yeah, like I said, Caitlin's going to delve into her experience with that, because I know that she's been looking for some grad jobs recently. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to combine the next two together, because yes. looking at them I think that they might be quite similar and also on things we've already touched on. Mm-hmm. So it's basically it's about bringing your profile to life, yeah. so you've built your network, you've got your photos, uh, you've started to engage with some of the content you've seen. And the next stage is to really personalise it and make sure that it's representing you as a person. So we've got a few different ways that we could suggest doing that. Obviously it's completely dependent on what it is you're posting and like how you want to showcase yourself. But it would be maybe posting photos, presentations. Videos, blog posts, as we've already mentioned, and just showing your skill set. I know that I use my placement year as an opportunity whenever there was a big event, maybe a, a product launch, or um, I know that we had a few uh, different events, such as celebrating women and, and women in education. I would post about those to just show this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm interested in and this is kind of where I'm heading. Yeah.
1: So again, you're, you're right. So, you know, the, the second, the first obviously one that you mentioned is about kind of posting about the things that you've taken part in. So again, you know, if you've done, uh, you know, group presentation recently, you might want to talk a little about that if, it, if it's a more education based, or like you said, if you've been out on placement and you're going to a conference or you're doing this or you're doing that, mm-hmm. again, a really nice opportunity for you to kind of tell everyone else that you're doing that. And again, like you said, about bringing your profile to life, well, actually, in your experience and these kind of things, let's say, I don't know, you're, you, uh, at the moment you're writing for the Spark. Well, mm-hmm. actually, LinkedIn gives you options to actually put some links into articles that you've written. So you could actually embed some of those kind of the richer content, let's say, like photos, articles, videos, blogs, those kind of things. And it just brings it to life a little mm-hmm. bit more, it gives it that, that kind of thing as well. Um, we've got a note down here that says, actually, if you speak another language, obviously, you can create your, d- your profile in a separate language. And I think that the last thing I think that really is good on LinkedIn is that you can actually customise your own URL. Um, so it doesn't have to be a random series of letters and numbers that, mm-hmm. that you might see at the top of the page. But actually, it's quite easy to go in and customise your your, your URL. Um, so mine actually says, you know, Daniel Mitchell 7 or whatever, rather than just being a, a random a serious mm-hmm. things, which is great when it comes to copying it onto your CV, because then you've got that direct and it Again, looks a Again, it bit makes you look like
0: you know what you're doing with that platform, which exactly. I think is only going to be a benefit for someone looking for a young person. And it takes
1: about 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. To... Okay, great. I think that might be all we have time to talk about today, but that's you've given some really, really good advice that I'm definitely going to be listening back to and taking on for myself. Great. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today and giving us all of your insight and knowledge. Um and I believe are you here if people want to come and talk to you in the career center yeah of course,
1: or? so as I said i've got about twelve hours appointments myself um yeah. in the career consultants um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we've got about you know uh, seven or eight different career consultants in the team as well um you know so you can come in and see us um, and again, if you want to get your LinkedIn profile up to date, you want to get it checked, you want some feedback, that is definitely something you could use one of our appointments for.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And tune in, I think, next week or the week after and me and Caitlin are going to be talking all through different graduate options for those of you who are probably feeling a bit bewildered at this point of the year. (laughs) But yeah, thank you for listening. Please leave any feedback below and we'll see you next time.